This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. You'd have to get off her ass to be noticed, though, so that's not going to happen for a while. I agree. I'm glad that you've come to that realization. That it's just that I'm just going to have to wait you out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Works for me. So how'd you guys do over the weekend? Oh, this weekend was fun. A lot of, we hung out with Justin's sister, who's, uh, Justin's niece was playing volleyball. It's so fun to watch girls volleyball when they're just talented. You're just, they're so aggressive at the net. It's just a blast. And then we saw the Barbie, I saw the Barbie movie. There's a shock. You and what, 160 million other people or what was it? It was so fun. I would say 80% of people are dressed up. Like in pink. It's well, movies are for morons, though. I mean, they are. I don't know why you hate the idea of people getting together and doing something fun. I don't. It's different. I saw it Sunday. Uh, did you like it? I didn't. No. Okay. No. Uh, but but there's things about it that I did like. Okay. There's a lot of. It almost reminds me of Goonies. Goonies is a movie that, in parts, is very good. But when you put the whole thing together, the sum of its parts don't equal a, a great movie. Yeah. And I felt that way about Barbie. There's a, some very f- and the end button is one of the funniest things. That's the best ending to a movie I've seen in a long time. But there were things about it that were weird and disjointed, yeah. and Will Ferrell didn't even need to be there, Correct. and the, the whole plot and Ken, and I was just like, what is going on with this movie? Yeah. Yeah, but it was fun. It was fun to be there, and there's a lot of people, you're right, dressed up and enjoying themselves, so it was cool. Yeah, I'm with you. I think sometimes the plot really you go, this. they're trying to make this make sense in a way that doesn't make sense and I get that like I don't think that the plot was the best thing in the world but there were so many fun messages and like uh little jokes and plus I was in the theater just full of women wearing fun pink stuff and people cheered at different parts which was like very fun in a movie I haven't been in a part of that in a long time where Mm -hmm. like you know there was a speech that America Ferreira made and everyone cheered and that was cool. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. Who, who was the victim of that uh, speech? No, I think it was just talking about the the roles women have to carry and and what that's like. I knew it had to be negative. It couldn't it, be positive. It, it's it a vi- was- yeah. There's a vi- there's a very slanted <laughs> message to this movie for sure. I agree with that. But- well, I think so. White men suck. Is that the no? no all men suck. Not no, just all white. men. All just men just whitey. I don't. I don't think it's that oh, simple. Oh, I've heard that from many a person. I think that. It's a very complicated aspect to being a little girl and thinking that that is an even playing field and the reality that comes in. Because you're given Barbies, and Barbies do everything, and that's the whole concept, right? Barbies can be doctors, presidents. Oh, um, and the doll can? Yeah, the doll. And when oh, you're okay. playing that, and I remember being a kid <laughs> thinking... Girls can do anything boys can do. Yeah, mm-hmm. dolls can do it, not mm-hmm. real girls. Real girls definitely can't be well, presidents or doctors. I, or... Show me a president, U.S. president. I, I'm agreeing with what you're I saying. Know. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like that reality, and that's where you get that angsty teen, is like you're mm-hmm. told one thing, and then you start realizing that it's not necessarily as true as you were you know, brought up to believe. And so that duplicity kind of hits in a way that I, I is probably lost on some people. So there's a message in there. But, but I'm just thinking, you've met my, my... You never met my mother, though, did you? Uh-uh. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Yeah, no, I haven't. That's what I would do right in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> oh. No, no, you're right. Um, if you had met my mother and my sister and my wife and my daughter, 
they're not a notch below anybody. No, but like the the reality of it is, like it's it hasn't a, a woman president is not something women see. But when we're we're we teach our kids, this is something you can be. But it just hasn't happened. And why would that be? We have we've had what? How many presidents? Well, Fifty. Really, fifty? No, I was gonna say, what is it? Well, how many presidents have we have? Forty. Oh, I thought we were at fifty. 40. I'm sorry. There's another number. This. Forty-six. There you go. Six. Okay. There you go. I was. I was. Forty-six. Sorry, rounded up. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. She rounded up by. Well, what would that be? Sixteen to twenty-four <laughs> years, something like that. Sixteen to thirty-two years. Yeah. Um, but but I have a question for you. There are more women in America than there are men. So women are the ones who pick the president, not men. Um. I, I I understand what you're saying in, right. in some theories, but uh, there's a lot of systematic aspects that, like, I just don't think I think that you don't understand and you wouldn't understand. That I wouldn't understand. Correct. That's like the fourth time you've called me a moron since. No, the show why started. would that be a moron? You just don't get. I don't it, know Tom. what it's like to be a guy. You don't know what it'd be to be a woman. You can have. I'm strong not women saying in I do. Life. I'm just saying women pick the president. Well. I don't know about that. Well, they got more votes than men. Um, okay. I think that's really interesting because I think that there's a lot of parts you're not thinking through. Um, if you are raising your, if you're raising your babies and you're working and then yeah. you have told that you have to go vote between this time and this time and you don't have a babysitter, you're, you're going to go, why would I go vote right now? It doesn't matter. It's that's a system. A lame excuse. That's a system that you look at your options are this, this, and I'm not saying I'm anti-men running things. Well, but, it didn't sound like it at all. But if you were to pretend, <laughs> if you're to pretend that men don't run things, I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying women choose men to be president. They have more votes. Okay, that's what I'm saying. And also, it's just a conversation about even you know, like, just uh, what it's like to be an aggressive woman, woman, and that's just that's just facts. That yeah, I like, mean, like my wife, you mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure many times Catherine's been considered a bitch for just being aggressive. By who? By a bunch of people. Oh, no. Not around me, they haven't. I can promise you that. I mean, oh, I don't. I don't think anybody would. Yeah, well, I, you don't think they, they've come up to her and said that to No, her. but oh, I'm sure okay, her okay. being aggressive is like, Justin, my husband does personality tests for work. And one of the signs. Why did he marry you then? Thank you very much. You just question. walked right into that. One. Great question. Um, he does personality tests for work. And so mm -hmm. one of the like signs he looks for is aggressiveness in men. Like a lot of that is bad, right? Like you don't want a, this big aggressive CEO, like insanely aggressive. But he has to discount that in women because they have to be aggressive to get to a certain point. I could take that. I accept that. Yeah. That's fine. And so <laughs> there's just, and I'm not saying this is bad. And I'm, it's just like, I want to raise a daughter who, f who feels empowered but not disillusioned. You mean like Alex? <clears throat> yeah, Alex is great. And Alex would have the same conversation with you. I, I implore you to have the same conversation with Alex with me. And again, I, I, I don't have this like, let's, let's uh, push men down or whatever at all. No, I know you don't. No, no, and there's a lot of complicated things that like were, were simplified because of Barbie. They're just saying that here's the men, here's the women, you know? But it was just an interesting talk because as a girl, you think that you can do all these things men can. And the realization that that just isn't the same 
it's getting better every day. I think there's a lot of people in this world who want it to get better, but it's just an interesting conversation to have. But I have a question for you. <clears throat> it's like the situation of, of, you know, white people and racism. Mm -hmm. As I said before, my family got here 40 years, 50 years after slavery ended. How was my family even included in that conversation? Just because they're white? No, I mean, I think that I, I talked to my mom about this, okay. like about men and women stuff. <clears throat> and I, she said, well, my mom and I, Beverly is an amazing mom. She said, I, treat my, I treated my girls, you and Lindsay, the same as Jordan. I go, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true, mom, because... Oh. after her mother. Because, <laughs> like, I don't remember Jordan babysitting. Like, it was just automatic that the girls babysat and the boys didn't. And I don't know if Andy babysat. My Andy's never leaves his house. How would he not babysit? So like, Andy doesn't like to leave the house. There it's, was just an automatic assumption more put on the the like caring end for girls, and it's it was automatic. I I did it too. Like when I nannied, you kind of just automatic. And there's just like a different way you treat men and women, and it just happens. See, it's it not bad. It didn't happen in my family because but it my, did. It did not. My mother made all the money, did all the raising of the children. My father wasn't around at all. My mother was queen of the world. That's a fact. I know. And do you think that society would have treated your mom differently if she would have left I don't you guys? give a rat's ass about society. It's so screwed up now. This world is in the worst shape it's ever been because we love to point fingers and bitch at everybody. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying you are, okay. but that's what we like to do as the world. I, I mean... What do they do in Australia? You refuse to do certain things. They put you in a camp. It's like, whoa, that happened during COVID. Remember that? No, I don't. There used to be this really, there's not one place left in the world other than maybe Switzerland, which is really expensive to live in. This is all they do now is bitch at one another. You know why? You know why we're actually having this conversation? Because corporate America wants us to behave like this. They want you and me to fight constantly so they can have all the power and all the money. That's why this is happening. Right? I mean, probably. I it think, is. I think, but I also think there is times where I like to step back and look at the way I'm doing things. And, well, that's a good idea. You know, the pressure I put on things because uh, the way I perceive them. And, and, and I, <clears throat> I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to have those conversations. But, I mean, if we're going to point fingers, like I said, how, how many generations will it carry on? I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I'm, what the inequality or unfair circumstances would apply to on everything. I don't know. I'm sure that we'll figure out a different thing to treat differently or have different goals or societal pressures put on. Like, maybe it'll be a different category we don't even know yet. Well, like I said, I just, uh, you can chirp at me. I'm not you. I'm talking about society. You can chirp at me all they want because I'm, you know, I can go, yeah, why don't you kiss my ass, that kind of deal. Yeah. But I would not bitch about my son around me. That's not going to work well for anybody. No, and nobody's, I, I mean. Well, I'm just saying it better not pass on to my son. That's all I'm saying. Well, it already has. The conversation's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's bigger than just like how you're, like I would walk up to Andy and approach him. It's like. He maybe he wanted to do a role that was more female dominated and he didn't get the opportunity to. I mean, it's just the conversation about roles that are put on them from the day they were born. See, I don't know any of these weak women that, are, that everybody's referring to or that women that are being taken. I, I see, I've never been a 
corporate America kind of guy anyway. But nobody's calling women weak. Well, either men are strong and women are weak or we're equal. Well, it's not it's not that easy. It's not saying that women Actually, are it is that easy. Well, I'm I'm disagreeing with you on that because I think that it's just different expectations. I think that women have to be strong in a different way and and we have to manage expectations. There's there's a balance. I think men do too. It's just different. Did you go to college? Yeah. No wonder. That explains everything. I didn't everything. finish if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I don't think, did you go to college? No. I didn't either. Jesus, no. Not a lot of college grads in this in this Look, all I'm saying is I adore my grandmothers, my mother, my sisters, my daughter, my granddaughters, and everybody needs to just leave them alone. See, I have my own little world. I held up my hands and went like this one. My own little world. And just, I always learned growing up, you stay outside this circle and we'll be just fine. So if all those people, whether they're men or women, allowed people to come in their family circle and affect them, that's on them. You stay the hell out of my family circle. There's, there's a halo around my family and leave them alone. Yeah, I definitely implore you to uh, have this conversation with Alex or Catherine. I think they would have really great insight. Well, I think so. I just, like I said, I just don't see the, imp- I, well, I, look, I, I, it's, it's a different generation. I didn't go see Oppenheimer either. I just am not going to sit in the theater for three hours I and know, that's, watch the bomb. I heard it was good. I did hear yeah, some people good. say felt it felt like three hours, which is not a good thing I want to hear. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a long time. Like homework. Yeah, yeah it's like it homework. feels like that's homework. exactly right. Yeah. But let me just to say this to you, that, um, that we try our best. Yeah. Uh, so well, some people, not most people, do not try their. No, I, I would say most people do. I think most people do. Some people, especially in positions of power, abuse the piss out of it. I think there's a lot of things I like learning for my own well-being. Yeah, and yep. I realize there's some things I've been doing where I put an unrealistic expectation for for women and girls to be better with go-go than I do for boys. I didn't even realize I was doing it till something stuck out to me, and so that was prejudice. Yeah. Why? I mean, because I I just am, and I I'm, I'm putting that on me. Because Has my buddy Beverly been chirping? <laughs> my Beverly, <laughs> my buddy Beverly. She would love that you said that. Um, but well, no, she's I a good think, person. I'm like you. I just you think know. I think it's it was one of those things where you think you're. You, I agree with you that everybody, most people I know and most people I'm around, and I want to believe that the public, you really want to do the right things, and you can only do, so, yeah. you can only do what you know, and that's why like kind of taking those breaks and going, what am I doing? Taking a pause and kind of looking at the way you're doing things mm-hmm. is helpful for everybody. I don't know why it's so bad to say, hey, I realized there was kind of like a weird thing I was doing with automatically assuming girls want to hold my baby and kind of assuming boys don't, like little kids, younger kids. Oh, I can't. I love holding kids. I know. And so it's just... By the way, thanks for bringing that up because we were at the pool yesterday with Ethan Mm -hmm. and he didn't come up to me once and ask me to hold him. So, you know, he's moving away. You know why he's moving away from me? Because these little blow-up cars, he was floating around oh, in the pool, fun. and a little blow, and he didn't want anything to do with me. It's the car now. It's not you. Were you guys at the pool yesterday? Yeah. Same. Just out of curiosity, that thing you were talking about that happened where you realized that there was different expectations for boys and girls, was it the time that I held Go-Go? I was irate. Ah. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. It was actually earlier than that. <laughs> But that made me irate when Gogo didn't want to come to me, only wanted to come to Rudy. I'd never met him in her life. Right. 
and was right. just angry if anyone else but Rudy. And then I just, was just being held by Rudy and was just kind of looking like, this is this is us now. Yep. It's just, <laughs> this is where we're at. Rudy and Gogo, ride or die. <laughs> okay, so I think everyone should adopt the Tommy method. Uh, there's a circle around my family. You stay out there. We'll stay in here, and we'll get along just fine. I think people would be very lucky in, uh, to be able to do that. They should do that. I absolutely do that. Yeah. Well, you protect your children. Same, yeah. Your but child, I mean, I should say, not children. But, I, my children. You know, sometimes, we, sometimes they have to go out into the world. Sometimes people are mean to Alex. Well, she should carry a gun. <laughs> when people are rude to her, just shoot them. <laughs> just shoot them. <laughs> All right, we do have to move on. But, no, I like having conversations like this because most too. people would not have a conversation like this. They'd be too afraid of it. Look, I'm not judging anybody. You do what you do. I do what I do. We'll all work together. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Whatever. Yeah. Right? I, and, again, I love, I love the mindset of we're all trying our best. We really are. And I really believe that 99.9% .9 of people in my life are trying their best. You think that, a, that the leader, our leadership is trying their best? I want to believe so. I know that, I know, I know there are people that aren't, but like, I have to have the mindset of like, people do want things to get better all the time. See, I think they're a bunch of money grubbing pigs. I really do. The, our leadership right now is the worst it's ever been. And the reason I say that is because there's a new situation in the world. You're guilty until proven innocent. And mm. that really pisses me off. Yeah, that's a rough one. Oh, you did this. No, actually, that never happened. Uh, just things that never happen, and then people just accept them as the truth. That's a bitch. That's tough. That's rough. And by a bitch, I mean a dog, not a woman. Okay, so it's totally different. It's okay. You can say bitch. Nobody hears Bitch. Me. Yeah. Uh, we need to check this, by the way. I know we got to go to break, but an air quality alert is in effect for central and northern Minnesota through Monday evening. This includes from Minneapolis to St. Paul North in the Twin Cities Metro until 6 a.m. Well, it's already 7.18, so we'll... Well, they, I think they extended it. That's why they sent this over. Minnesota's weather authorities calling uh, forecast first uh, alert days for Wednesday and Thursday. Dangerous heat and humidity are likely. Highs are likely in the upper 90s. We'll feel like 100 to 105. Today, partly sunny, hot, and more humid. An isolated afternoon thunderstorm is possible. High 91. Tonight, clearing and warm, a low of 69. That's the low of 69, by the way. Tuesday, hazy sun, hot and humid with a high of 95. Heat index near 100. Uh, this weekend, it cools down. Um, they say... Saturday, not as hot, and then Sunday. Yeah, we, we need to get through the five days of the week, and then it get much better. It is sunny right now. It is 67 degrees and sunny as we speak. We'll take a break. Be right back. Bob Sansbury will join us right after this on MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold. Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows regular price is $69.98, now only $19.98, and just $10 more for king-size. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts your exact individual needs to help you get the best sleep ever. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to get my, uh, Mike's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for only $19.98. Enter promo code TOM. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Take advantage of the biggest sale in MyPillow's history. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code TOM to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code TOM. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I'm driving my car safely and legally communicating on my phone. Minnesota law allows a driver to use their cell phone to make calls, text, listen to music or podcasts, and get directions by voice command or single-touch activation without holding your phone. Violations are very expensive. 
The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes per year, and nearly 400,000 injuries are caused by texting and driving. Not surprising, since four seconds with your eyes off the road is like driving the length of a football field blindfolded. And research shows that just two seconds increases the risk of an accident up to 24 times. Texting may only take a second, but it can end your life or ruin it forever. Please, drive safely and stay alive. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Hey, it's 722. I am not Tom Bernard, but we do have Bob Sansevier on the phone. What's up, Bob? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Did you go to either, did you do any Oppenheimer, Barbie movie combos? No, no. I spent the entire weekend and most of last week at the Wright County Fair because my children were showing horses. How'd they do? Uh, Sienna did great and Shane won several classes. Sienna got a, it's a big deal to get a trip. It's a 4-H show and they, uh, she got a trip to the state, the state championships, which is a big deal in 4-H. So she's very excited. Um, did they do full-size horses or mini horses? These were full. Wow. Bob, do your kids ride equestrian? Is that like the, the sport? Well, they ride horses. I wouldn't know if we'd call it equestrian. Oh. I mean, my, my daughter rides English as well. Uh, as did Tom's wife and daughter. Certainly, his daughter. Did, you, did did your wife do it too, Tom? Does Catherine write English? Oh God, yeah. That's why we ended up going to the east side of Florida instead of the west side of Florida because all the horse stuff was over in the east side. Oh, mm. <clears throat> now, I had a friend of mine who uh, his wife, when their daughter was like four, bought a Groupon, fifty dollars, to go out and let your kid ride the horses, and that has turned into a multi-million-dollar investment. <laughs> Because now his daughter is, I believe, like 13, and they expect her to go to the Olympics. Like, she's won, like, three national titles already. And it's $7,000 a month, he says, to be able to to take the horses, bring them around. They do the Midwest. They go to Kentucky. They live in Racine, Wisconsin. But he said it would would probably cost him about, if she made the Olympics, it would cost him about $60,000 to be able to get that horse overseas 
so that she could compete. Well, and that's not on top of like just room and board and everything. It's an incredible. It's not too late to put her into soccer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, World Cup's going on right now, babe. Don't you want to sit on and watch the ladies score some goals? Hey. Come on, yeah. Did you guys do the intro? Not yet, no. I didn't think so. No. Bob Sansevier Sports is brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyer seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. There we go. We got it taken care of. So, Sandy, what, what's the latest? You guys are talking horses and stuff. Yeah, I, uh, if I want to sit down and add up the dollars spent, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, that's the one thing about riding horses is that it brings in so much money. Oh, it just rolls. Yeah, down, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's a moneymaker. Yes. Flooding oh, in through yeah, the door. Idea. It's true. But you know what? That's great. It's, it's one of those situations where you, if you if you got the dough to do it, it's nice of you to do it. And it's, you know, that's great. Good for them. They, they had fun doing it. Catherine would still be doing it, except for she, she was rear-ended by a woman on uh, Williston and Highway 7. Uh, Catherine stopped at a red light, and a woman behind her comes up 60 miles an hour. You know why she didn't see Catherine? She's on her phone. She was putting on her makeup. Oh. Putting on makeup while driving a car. There's a smart choice. That got happened to me. I was at a... Did it really? I was at a, yeah, a red light. Mm. And I got hit. I, I think they were going like 30 or 40-ish. It wasn't oh, as fast. That's fast enough. But yeah, it like messed me up. And and the person was insane. I was trying to like call the <laughs> like the, I didn't know what to do because we were in Minneapolis. Right. And she was screaming at me, we can both walk away. It's fine. And I was like on the phone. It was crazy. Yeah. Did, did we it mess- can walk away. I know. Did... Uh, <laughs> Was it glug, glug, glug? Is that what it was? I have no idea because she was so insane. She ended up driving off. Ooh. What it, Did Catherine, did it hurt her back then? Yeah, she could never ride again. Aww. Uh, ended her horse riding days. How old was she when that happened? A long time ago now. She's, I don't know, probably in her 40s, I think. Oh, wow. I don't know, but yeah, it was not good. She's sitting at the light, and a woman, I guess she was steering with her knees. What you want to do when you're doing 60, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. People now, in general, you know. But Tom, this did not involve an accident, but coming back from that other station we once worked at, I was on 394, the woman staring with her knees, and what is that, Brittany, what's that thing called when it, like, uh, flips your eyebrows up? Oh, you mean your eyelash curler? Yes, she was using the eyelash curler. <laughs> it was blind in one eye. Yeah, it's driving with her knees. I just saw it the other day. I just saw somebody driving down 94, just putting on the mascara, doing 75 miles an hour. I mean, at least you guys know out of all things I do, I don't come in with any makeup, so you know I'm not eyelash curling on the way in. But when she leaves here is when the clown makeup comes on. Yeah, that's when I have to step it up because I'm around attractive men. Yeah, that's it. Why? Where do you go? Oh, you know. The gym, I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I go home, you guys. I don't know. I just leaned into the bit. <laughs> well, you do you want a little sports conversation? Certainly, Bob. I, I cannot wait to talk. Oh, you know what? I got I to gotta admit fully, because I was asked last week, and this will be part of the conversation if you don't mind. Uh, I watched quarterback for 15 minutes. I have you no interest no. in these people whatsoever. Really? You got to give it some time, Tom. I, just it was co- I don't good. care. I mean, I, I just don't care about these guys. They're quarterbacks in the NFL. Good. They're making a lot of money. Happy for them. They're happily married. I'm happy for them, too. Uh, Dan Barrero got a nice plug on the one that I saw. He was interviewing uh, Kirk.
Kirk Cousins, so that was nice for Dan Barrero. Yeah. Paul Allen's voice was on the special. Did they show up several times, or was that the only time they were? Oh, well, Allen was on through every time Cousins yeah. was there, and they had game because they used the uh, the radio voice. But did they use did they use Barrero again? Um, I don't know if he came on more than the one time. Yeah, because I, I did see that, and I thought, oh, that's a nice a nice plug for a local guy. That's good. And I guess Judd's voice is on it, too. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was oh, on episode it? one. Yeah, episode one, he's in it. Oh, yeah, really? Cool. Episode one, and then I believe part of two, and then you hear him again, I think, in, like, episode four. So you don't see him, but you hear him. No, he yeah, only yeah. uses his voice. Okay, yeah. okay. Judd, you hear in the 16th minute of episode one, so if you hung out another minute, you probably would have. Damn it, if I stayed one more minute, I would have heard him. <laughs> I have to, like, rewatch that. I'll have to. Uh, yeah, I will watch it just to hear Judd. That would be great. No, I, I'm very happy for local people when that happens to them. I got a nice national exposure from it and all the rest of it, and, uh, you know. Matter of fact, it drove me to pick up the phone and call Meat Sauce and Common Man and see if they want to go play golf this week. So it inspired me. <laughs> well, see, some good came out of it. It did indeed. Now, I just, I just realized sitting there watching, I don't care what these people do or who they are. Oh, look, there's Kirk Cousins' shirt blocker. Who cares? <laughs> right? Well, when you break it down like that. I mean, what, what makes it so interesting? Is there something I'm missing that, it, that would make it really interesting? I like watching. I think people feel they're getting an inside look at the lives of these guys. Well, see, I've I've been there in person. Maybe is that what it is, Bob? Because you've been there. In yeah, person. I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I mean, yep. Th- there really wasn't much that you know that would be shocking. I will say, having watched it, that Kirk Cousins, I, I, it didn't change my opinion of him as a quarterback. Still think he's the NFL quarterback of Denny Green's or Denny, you know, because mm-hmm. Denny could not win the playoffs for <laughs> right. the, the regular season, right? But I, you know, I I like the fact he, unless he was really putting it on to show, he's a good dad. Yeah. he's a good family yep. guy, and you know he seems like a good person. And that that's not stuff that surprised me because I had heard that, but there was some evidence of it. Yeah, he seemed like a very nice guy. You're absolutely right. Like I said, I ran into him once. I didn't talk to him. He was sitting a couple of tables away, and he seemed very pleasant. And people who did recognize him or whatever, but. Yeah, I just I, I I just don't care about that kind of stuff. Well, it does show the difference between him and Patrick Mahomes, and who's an alpha and who's a beta. Because I was talking to Judd about this when you watch yeah. that that first episode, they show Kirk Cousins sitting around the campfire with him and his boys, and they're roasting marshmallows and they're reading scriptures and they have a bedtime story. Then they show Patrick Mahomes at his 27th birthday party right. with a giant LED lit up 27 and all of his best friends sitting around, kissing his ass, taking pictures. And you're like, these are two wildly different people on That's the opposite ends of the spectrum. Exactly yeah. why I stopped watching. The ass kissing got to me. I, I was like, I can't watch this. Yeah. The ass kissing of Patrick Mahomes was obnoxious. And it wasn't his fault. Sure. I mean, it's not his fault they do it. But I just, it's like, ugh, God. You know, we got to, every day, Bob, we come well, in think, here. Never mind. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, I think that the impact that the wives have on these guys' lives has a lot to do with the lifestyles that they have and the way they behave. Because uh, your cousin's wife is very grounded. seems like she's very nice. Okay. I'm not saying that that uh, the wife of Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is not very nice, but she's a little, uh, yeah. I don't know what, she's a little bit of a free spirit. Yeah. By the way, I met his dad a couple of times. He's a very nice guy. Patrick Mahomes Sr. Yeah. 
Yeah, it seems not like a, a bad pitcher either. No, not bad at no. all. The, when we were talking about the wives, I, I emailed Judd and I said, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Brittany Mahomes has such a potty mouth that Kurt Cousins used it to flush the toilet, uh, flush the season down the toilet. And he's like, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. That woman <laughs> swears more than any woman I've ever heard on the planet. You know what's hilarious about that? I took away in the 15 minutes that she has a bigger ego than Pat Mahomes does. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> They're both way yeah. up there, I'll They're tell both, you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Woo! yeah, yeah. The egos on those two is like, yeah, look, I understand. What is he, what is he 26 when he won 20, the Super Bowl? 26 when he won his yeah. first one, I believe. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah, 25, 26. God bless him, man. It's wonderful. Like I said, his dad was a terrific guy, a hell of a – he's a, not a great player, but he's a good pitcher. And I always have to keep in mind, it's not like – this is the first time they're telling themselves or they're getting told how amazing they are. Yeah, it's right, like right. they've been in this sport since well, they probably can their first memories and they're constantly told how amazing they were. Yeah. I'm sure it was even a more level when it was like in high school and stuff because they stood out even, you know, a huge difference. So it's like 27 years old, all you've been told constantly is you're amazing, you're amazing. And I won't oh, think I understand that. I don't you're think it's right. that crazy that that he is who he is. Yeah. But it is amazing that Kirk Cousins is who he is when you've excelled in sports. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of wins is all I'm saying. Well, he wins a lot of regular season games, but not in the yeah. playoffs. I still I, Bob I to this day I do not understand that a guy who's double covered six yards away gets the to receive the pass that should have gone over ten yards to keep the game moving. Well there's no arguing that. Absolutely. Should have you know what? It doesn't care if there's six guys around right. Justin Jefferson. You throw the ball to him. Yeah. And uh, the chances are he's going to come up with it yep. more likely than getting the extra yards needed when you throw short of a first down. Yep. And the thing is, I always thought that too until I got to the second to last episode of Quarterback, and he explains why he did what he did. And you go, okay, I don't agree with it, but I understand why you threw that pass. It's it's not wasn't the right call, no, but now I understand. Wrong. Almost like when Seattle th- uh, threw the ball on what was it to win the Super Bowl, and it was a half the half a yard line to score, and they throw give the ball. Give it to Marshawn. Say, yeah, give it to Marshawn. What are you what? doing? Exactly. Why would you not do that? And then when Pete Carroll was like, listen, that that play had like an eighty-seven percent. You know, uh, yard gain, whatever you want to call it. We always got at least three yards with that play, so right. that's why we called that play. And this one time, it didn't work. Um, but he explains. Yes, but you it. always got a touchdown when Sean Lynch took the ball. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. So what a dumb move. But yeah, but I do feel the same way with you about he should have not thrown that pass, but he does explain why it happened. It, you know what? He had time to figure out an explanation. It was the wrong thing. <laughs> I it like was. that, Bob. I like Anything that. Anything can be rationalized or explained. No, I think you're right. I, I just, once again, Marshawn Lynch and Chuck Foreman should get together and have lunch because sure. they both should have been given the ball. Yeah, Brett McClanahan yeah. fumbles the ball. Yeah, yep. After the big turnover, a chance to take the lead in the Super Bowl against the Raiders. To this day, Chuck, he said, I would have went up, over, and in. By the way, everyone, who did Pete Carroll learn how to coach football from? That would Bud be Grant. Bud Grant, <laughs> the really? other guy who did it. So there you go. There you go. Oh, this is one of my minor claims to fame, and I don't know how it happened because I got a new racket. They used to have a big thing of Majestic Oats, Oaks Vikings and media and right. coaches, and Pete Carroll really wanted to win. You would do like a round robin of different pairings for tennis. And he was like looking at the standings, and it turned out I got lucky draws because I would get 
I got like Jeff Diamond, who's terrific. Mark Rosen is a hell of a tennis player. So I got paired up with him and I wound up beating Pete Carroll. And he just, I mean, it bothered him that he didn't win because he was such, he is such a competitor. I could understand that. Who would you say is a great tennis player? Rosen's a really good tennis player. Mark Rosen. Yeah, he really is. And Jeff Diamond was terrific. The former GM of the, of the team was a terrific tennis well, player. Well, Jeff Diamond, I understand, but Mark Rosen's Frankenstein. How the hell does he even move? <laughs> well, because there's so much of him to cover the net. It is. Rosie. I have played so many old men in tennis because when I worked on the morning show, those were always retired old men would hit with me. Oh, sure. And they, you know, if you're good at hitting, you have a consistent hit, you don't have to move that much. Yeah. Like, I'm sprinting like crazy, and they're just consistent Boom. Well, Rosie's 6'6", six, six, so he gets a lot more speed on that ball. I yeah. Bet. Oh, my God. That's that impressive. Yeah. I, I enjoy. I was good at the net. I enjoyed doubles a lot more than singles because there's too much running in singles. I get to understand that. You know, Rosie's getting married in a month and a half. Dang. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. Good for him. No, he's a great guy. <laughs> oh, that's real nice. We're talking about a dear friend, and he's pissing all over Rosie now. Typical Sandy. He's a great tennis player and good for him. No, no, no you went, yeah, good for him. Yeah, good, good for you. That's <laughs> good. That's good. Good for you. I'm happy for you, Rosie. Good job. No, I I'm, I did not know he's a good tennis player. Though. I never, I've known Rosie for, Jesus, 37, 38 years, and I had no idea that he, he was a good tennis player. Yeah, he player. is. I don't. I, I guess he still plays. I don't know. And you know, Gelfand's a pretty good player too. He play, He still just oh. goes out and would hit with you. Does he? I used to hit yeah. with Gelfand all the time. And again, another person who's not sprinting around, but he just needs to keep hit. He's got a great shot. Beautiful swing. He does really. Gelfand. Yeah, good. I'm telling you, it's like wild. You walk up. I've I meet people, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I'm gonna work this. Guy. Like, I'm gonna break this person in half. And next thing I know, I'm sweating profusely, and they're like. Hey, good try. You want to Y'all fans should try pickleball because this is a cover my yeah, area. That's he true. would never. Why not? I just know him. He would low end a traditionalist. I, yeah, let's ask him on Thursday. I won't even bring it up, but let's ask him on Thursday. Works for me, man. Yeah, I, I did not know either one of those guys were tennis players. Oh, yeah. Gelfand's so good. I got the line up here in my head from Archie Bunker from back in the old days of the Bunker family and all in the family, but I'm not going to say it. Do it. No. Because right. if if he would have heard those, uh, who ever heard of a guy like that with a tennis racket? Only who wouldn't have said a guy like I, that? I totally <laughs> agree with you that he would not have. But we are going to. <laughs> so there you go. No, God bless him. That's great. Mike Gelfand and Mark Rosen are good tennis players. I had no idea. Good for them. I'm happy. Because you, you want to talk about Herman Munster. Give me a tennis racket. It'd be fun to see you hit. Oh, I, I would be terrible at it. I think you would... If you started playing pickleball on a weekly basis, well, I like pickleball. You would be very. You addicted. do play it? Well, and I've only played it once, but I did like it. You would be very addicted because it is very addictive. That's what I hear. And it's yeah. nice for like just getting a little bit of that aggression out without being able to hurt anyone because it's a wiffle ball. There's no sense in using aggression if you're not going to hurt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that you feel that way. Oh, that's real nice. <laughs> what else you got, Sanny? Well, we should mention your twins were down 3-0, go yeah. to the bottom of the ninth. They score three, tie it up, and they win in 12. So they sweep the White Sox in, uh, what are they, five games over 500. They got the three-game lead there. They're just running away. Before you know it, people will be saying, boy, I used to think it was Tampa Bay the best team. Then I used to think it was the Orioles. <laughs> the twins, the best team in baseball. Yeah, we'll wait for that day to come, huh? 
Well, let me put it this way. It does help them a lot when I watch the game and then I stop watching when they're getting their ass kicked because if I stop watching, they come storming back and win. So it's my, it's on me. I got to know when to step away. Yeah. Not only that, but Byron Buxton had a late hit. Yeah, so he, did. he got it all the way up. His average, 195. Oh, God. Whew, that's tough. But hey, did, isn't that the second series they've won all uh, all games in the series in a row now? Or well, they... they're playing. You know, they aren't exactly playing. They're playing a team that's 19 games under 500. Right, right. And they that's what you're supposed to do. And then you know, beating Oakland, that was another crap. Team. Right, right. So, but Bucks did. You know, they and they. I would. He batted them six, which he's much less. Um, you know, he made. I'd throw him at ninth the way he's been mm-hmm. hitting. But I mean that. They, this Julian is pretty good. Correa is coming around. Mm-hmm. The Kirilov is hitting really well, and you know they're they at least have a, a top of the order now that is serviceable. Let me ask you a question, Sandy, because it, Seattle will be a good example. The Twins right now their pitching far outweighs their hitting. Yes, and in Seattle their hitting far outweighs their pitching. Correct. Blend them. Yeah, let's put the two teams. There. But why do you think that happens? I guess the reason I even bring it up is why. Do you focus on one thing to try to improve it and did the other thing kind of how does no, that you know, happen? I really think the twins thought they had a good hitting lineup. Yeah. Well they got some good hitters. And they're gonna get back Polanco and you know, and, and at some point the lineup may be at full strength. Mm-hmm. You know, Royce Lewis comes back too. Suddenly, okay, they move Lewis to third, they're moving Polanco to third because of this Julian. So they gotta figure out some position, but that's a good problem to have. You yeah, know what? Yeah. Somebody else goes to DH besides Buxton. And at the beginning of the year, oh, you can't put him in the outfield. He is hitting so miserably. If he could help you in the outfield, put him there. And you just tell him, hey, you know what, Byron? We'd be protecting you, but my God, you're, you're not hitting. But I also so, think their outfield is pretty. I mean, Taylor can't hit worth a damn, but he's a good outfielder. He's batting uh, 219, which is considerably better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Buxton. <laughs> that's and he's a good outfielder too, and Buxton yeah. is as well, obviously. But yeah, I like I, one thing you, you you can't take away from a couple. Of, Kepler's a good outfielder too, and he hit a little bit in this series. Not great, but I mean, he had a couple of good games, right? Yeah, he got his average all the way all the way up to two twenty one. There you go. Ooh. That's what I mean. If these guys that they were counting on do come around, this. I keep saying it's, you know, what we think in the one and done, but if the hitters come around, the starting pitching is good enough to make them competitive in the series if the hitters start to hit. Right. I don't know. I still watch the games. I, I thought when they were down three to nothing in the, what were they? They were down three to nothing in the, like the seventh inning, weren't they? No, ninth inning. They came all the way to the ninth inning. Ninth. Well, I stopped watching the seventh. That's why I brought yeah. that up. So it went all the way to the ninth inning. Okay. Yep. All right. And then, you know, the 10th inning, the White Sox scored, and they scored at the bottom of it, nothing in the 11th, and they came back and won in the uh, the 12th inning. By the way, I just want to mention quick, this to me is a good story. Did you watch the British Open? No. Well, Brian Harmon hadn't won, hadn't won anything. Right. In like six years, he comes back and wins the, you know, the British Open, and essentially a, a landslide. You yeah, know, he, he, was he, he ten, it, 10 under or something, Bob? Something like that? Yeah, well, he, he wound up... Uh, uh, what did he win by? I think a five-stroke lead, and yeah, he just he, he in a sense blew a six-shot lead, blew away the field. Sandy, how'd you like to play golf in that weather? That must have been a ball, huh? Jeez. You know what? You got to expect the weather there. Yeah, when, you're right. When you're going in, and one thing I want to mention because we need to wrap up, I guess, is uh, this is a sad 
uh, story because he's never seemed to. I don't think he's ever going to change. Uh, Everson Griffin, oh, you know, Vikings Sammy. defensive end, he's was uh, arrested on uh, a DUI or DWI charge. You just wish he would turn things around, but you go. I mean, he used to be a young man, and now, mm-hmm. I, but it seems like at whatever stage of life, there's going to be issues. But then they talk about he has mental health problems. Yes. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But I mean, many people are are helped by meds, but some people don't stay on meds, and I don't yeah. know if that's the case with him. Yeah, we've had a, f- a few problems with your Viking players recently. Have he's like the third uh, the third guy, isn't he? Uh, well, we had just last week, we had Mr. 140 <laughs> in his Lamborghini SUV, Jordan Addison. I so, was told yeah. by a listener, and uh, and he's a friend now as well, that he once, when he was a teenager, got in a car and his buddy was doing 140. Yeah. And when the cops pulled them over, he made them lie face down on the ground. He literally considered it a felony. Dang. <laughs> it's like, whoa. I mean, at that point, you pretty much, uh, you do have a weapon. You are driving that fast. Yeah. I mean, you could kill people so easily. Yeah, he, he said that this police officer was not real happy with them when he got him out of the car. Dang. But yeah, so the, the guy driving 140, then there was another one too. Oh, it was your your guy tried to, tried to pay a million dollars his girlfriend to lie for him. Oh yeah, we just talked about that. Yeah, last week, who was that? Dalvin again? Cook. Dalvin yes. Cook, there you go. And, went to, and then all that went to court because she had all the proof that he'd asked her to do all that. So it did not <laughs> okay. help their case well, that, at all. That gives context why he needs so much money and he wouldn't take a deal from the Vikings. Right. Is he ever He's coming back? Trying to fund that girlfriend uh, bribe. Is this going to be it for him? Do you think? Because he tried to do that. No, teams will still want him. Okay. I don't think that you know, unless the league suspends him, he'll yeah. wind up playing for somebody. And I don't think that's yeah. I don't think that's going to be an issue. All right, Sandy, is that everything? That'll do it. And uh, I will just say that you have the greatest whatever lived coming up. When it comes to Hollywood chit chat. Oh, you're talking about Kristen Burt. Yeah, who else? Yeah, I just yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I can't even argue. I can't argue your point. All right. All right, we'll see you guys. Thanks, Andy. Bob Sansevier Sports, sponsored by Brad Sean Bryant, personal injury lawyers. Michael Bryant and Brad Sean Bryant bringing you Sandy. We'll take a break. Be right back. With, what did he call her? The greatest of all time. What was it? The greatest to live. Greatest yeah. to live. That's that was a weird way to okay. say it, but it I knew what he meant. Yeah. So the greatest to live. <laughs> What does that mean, the greatest to live? I don't know. Is he threatening her? I don't know. Mm. Makes no sense. But that's Sanny. That's Sanny. He's been doing it for 37 years now. We love him. We do love our Sanny. There's no question about it. But we will be right back. Kristen Burt will join us right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I'm driving my car safely and legally communicating on my phone. Minnesota law allows a driver to use their cell phone to make calls, text, listen to music or podcast, and get directions by voice command or single-touch activation without holding your phone. Violations are very expensive. The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes per year, and nearly 400,000 injuries are caused by texting and driving. Not surprising, since four seconds with your eyes off the road is like driving the length of a football field blindfolded. And research shows that just two seconds increases the risk of an accident up to 24 times. Texting may only take a second, but it can end your life or ruin it forever. Please, Drive safely and stay alive. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. 
We've been hearing about the new technology offered at Twin Cities Premier Health for the treatment of ED. This is one of those topics that can get uncomfortable to talk about, but the truth is, if new technology can improve your life by treating the root cause of most erectile dysfunction, why wouldn't we want to talk about it? Look, I've been going there for, I think I'm on my sixth treatment this week. Things go very well. It takes about 10, 15 minutes. Not a big deal at all. It's a non-invasive, non-surgical, highly effective science-based procedure that creates an increase in blood flow and helps create new blood vessels by treating the root cause of most erectile dysfunction. If, like so many of my listeners, you aren't interested in continuing to take a pill to create a pharmaceutically induced erection and wipe all the spontaneity out, reach to the Twin Cities Premier Health like I did and right now receive this special offer. A free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. This is valued at $800, 952-395-4346. That's my unique phone number, 952-395-4346 for their office. Or go to TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. Be sure to tell them Tom Bernard sent you. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen Burt now joins us. Um, so you're going to be on till what? You're going to be on till like uh, 8.15 Central time sure yeah oh the signals your signals like delayed like a mad woman you honest guy you started talking and your head moved about a full second later it's like whoa oh really i'm yeah. hardwired so i don't know maybe it was Streamyard. is that happening on your screen too? It, it's happening on my screen because you see the same screen i have it oh, does okay. sometimes the video because there's so yeah. many ones and zeros doesn't move as fast as the audio does and then it'll catch up it'll the lag will go away so it happens every now and again forget it Kristen can just <laughs> go away oh wait a minute it might be back already see yeah let me see say something hi barbie no it's not back yet i knew to okay that's why i bought up you'll be on until 8 15 right so I'll just leave so you guys can talk about Barbie for 45 minutes, and then I'll come back. Well, I will tell you, a lot of your listeners <laughs> want to talk about Barbie, too. Well, yeah. I heard from so many of your right. listeners about Barbie this weekend. It was, what, 100 and some million? $155 million. $155. Now, let me just talk. I think a couple weeks ago I said, you know, this is projected about $90 million. Um, And then I said, oh, it's increased now to $100 million. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't even track that it was going to earn 155 million is astonishing. And I have a feeling a lot of movie theaters were probably overwhelmed right. with the amount of people that bought tickets. People were probably standing yep. in long lines for concessions. Not a bad problem, honestly, because everyone was very excited. I went again on Sunday to go and see it, and it was a sea of pink. And Britt, I know you saw it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and a it was sea of pink. It was cool because the way that it was set up felt like such an event because my nanny mom, um, the the woman I used to nanny for, her, she invited me with her family. And I don't go to places or like go to movies because you know it's a whole formal like, all right, Justin, you're gonna put go go to bed. Like I, I won't go out unless it's like a thing. Um, and because of that, it felt special. Like we went to dinner, we were all wearing Barbie outfits. Uh, my nanny mom uh, made a trivia game that we won prizes with. Oh my gosh, I you know. guys went full out. And, and they're very extra. We are all very extra. And um, because of that, it was just fun to go do something like that. Like there was no reason it was, it, it was just because it was more of a formal thing. Like we, you know, had got the tickets two weeks prior and stuff. There was something really fun about that. It became an event movie for the entire weekend. And I think it was a very communal experience. I saw tons of men in pink. They were there with their wives or their daughters. It was really cute. I stood in the lobby with my little hot pink dress and these two little girls came up and they're like, are you Barbie? 
Like, oh, thanks, kids, for the compliment. I will take it. Yeah, <laughs> but except no. they meant Klaus uh, Barbie. Thank you very much. You don't even know who that is, do you? <laughs> you don't want to be Klaus Barbie. Let me put it that Klaus. <laughs> Greta e Klaus. He was a murderer. Oh. Anyway, moving forward. Right. But anyway, I, I just think that hopefully Hollywood was paying attention. I feel like the last time this really happened was when Sex and the City, the movie, came out and everyone got all dressed up and went out for cocktails. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. And I, if you want to make the movie special, because obviously this is what is getting people out and buying tickets. Good. You have to make the movies to go along with this. No, I'm really happy to see that people are going back to the movies because I, I love going to a movie theater. I just love it. So it's good to see people going back. Yeah, and you know what? Oppenheimer did equally as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, $80 million, that was projected at about $50 million. And it wasn't good news for Tom Cruise because the men that would normally be going to see Mission Impossible all went to go and see Oppenheimer. And then, of course, there were some people who were extra, extra and went to see Barbenheimer and spent five hours at the right. theater. But the funny thing in this whole situation, you know, Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible kind of tanked this weekend. Tom Cruise is the one who came up with Barbenheimer. He's like, go out, see a double feature, go see Barbie and Oppenheimer. This is great. Cause he thinks he's like Mr. Ambassador of movie theaters now. Mm-hmm. And he worked against himself. Have they made too many mission impossible movies? You think, is that a problem? I, I think so. You know, yeah. and this has been really interesting because last year he was kind of like the savior of the summer with Top Gun. Right. Yep. But we have to take a look at what the difference was. Top Gun had what? A 25 year break in between the first movie and the second movie. Where Mission Impossible, this is seven and we've got eight coming out next summer. Yeah. I, we think they haven't finished it. And with the SAG strike, it may not happen. They may have to push it. But. Right. This is the interesting thing. There is 100% franchise superhero fatigue. And and that's what the studios really need to take a look at. People came out for fresh ideas, and hopefully that will inspire better things in the future. Well, you know, um, of course, Brittany went and saw the movie. She's been talking about it for quite some time. But she said it got, it got a little political, which I'm not real wild about. I, I just... But that, that everything's political now, isn't it? I don't think it's political. I, I it's social. I, yeah, that to me is very, very different. A social message versus a political message. Really, very different. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so we're gonna do. Can I just go to a movie and just enjoy it instead of being told how I should think? Here's the thing. You have to remember that Barbie symbolized something very specific to young girls yeah, and women no growing up, right. and Mattel drove this message Mm -hmm. for decades. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this film is that Greta Gerwig calls Mattel out for it. Mattel obviously owns the IP for Barbie. They had to approve the script in order for this movie to get made. So they're kind of acknowledging some of the stuff (laughs) that they had a hand in. So they can make more money? Is that why they did it? Oh, I'm sure in the end that's why. But at the same time, it was pretty... Wild to think that, like, during the time they she comes in, the Barbie goes in the board office and is like, I'd love to talk to, you know, um, the woman who's in charge here who made Barbie. Was oh, that at Mattel? At Mattel. Okay. And they're like, well, she's like, I would like to talk to the CEO. And they're like, that's me, I'm Will Ferrell. And then he goes, like, I'd like to talk to the CEO, male, male, male. And it was funny because I was like, I can't believe Mattel signed off on this because they look terrible. There's and I'm sure money that actually. In it. I know. And I think that's, they kind of had to balance both things right they're like there's somebody who wants to convey a message and they're like yeah we've done this we've you know i 
I think there's that, that self-reflection that I liked. Well, the movie Taking also, it turns itself in on itself a couple yes, of times totally. because it definitely calls out the ridiculous Barbies that they've sold over the years. Yes. I did not know that there was a version of Skipper that when you pulled her arm up, her boobs grew. Yeah. Who's Skipper? Grow it, with you, Skipper. Yeah, it, Bar, it's Barbie's younger sister. Oh, yeah. okay. So you would you would hoist up her hand and then her boobs would grow. Yeah. <laughs> like they, I know. they sold that okay. as an actual doll. Yep. How about Ken when he lifted his leg? Yeah, right. That's all we need. <laughs> well, that actually went back inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but they make jokes about that, too. They oh, make do jokes they really? about their anatomy throughout the thing. Um, they're already talking, and this is pretty wild. They're talking about pitching Ryan Gosling for a Best Supporting Actor nomination, too, no. for Oscars. No, it's, it, Listen, the movie is fun. There's moments that are, it's, it's, a, it's a blast, but the rest of it, I don't think it's that his great of a singing, movie. His singing part, well, he did carry. He did carry. Yeah. Uh, he that did a better job. Yeah. Come on, that men's dance section where they're all in black. That was pretty good. That was really good. I, I was like, okay, this is like kind of like the peak moment of Barbie. But I, I wouldn't doubt it. I would say that he was probably a dark horse for Best Supporting because those are the categories you can sneak into. Best Actor, no way. But comedy can always sneak into a supporting okay. category. So every, all in all, both, both of you liked it, and Rudy, you thought it was okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I think if, you know, my daughter and my niece and my mom are all going to go see it, and I said you guys will love it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, there, it just felt so disjointed. Like, there's things in the plot where I was just like, this does not make, why are you doing this? This doesn't make sense. You're right. I mean, I definitely think that they, like, the plot has gaping holes yeah. in it. And that's fine. Like, you know what oh, I does mean? does it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's times where I'm like, this is silly. It's a mechanism to get from A to B. Right. Totally. Right. Um, I think it's, there's enough little, like, nods and, and inside jokes that it's worth going on the ride. Yeah. And then, you know, what the, some of the commentary aspects, you feel very heard. Uh, I think, I, I don't even want to say as a woman or a man. I think... These, all this stuff applies to everybody, is that those roles we kind of play. Don't be pushing your cat aside. I saw that. London, She's London, love. Here. Don't you worry. She's a Barbie girl. Um, yeah, America Ferrara's um, <laughs> monologue girl. right in the middle there kind of like nails it. Just, I think, with like some of the weight issues and that they kind of like the message that Barbie drove home for a long time. Um which I think was amazing. She did such a good job with that. And and I, I agree, you know, the script is not perfect, but Greta Gerwig, you know, best opening ever for a female director. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this, you know, champions females in the, the directing industry and, you know, gives them more of a light because they don't always get one in Hollywood. And I just hope that this sends a really big message to studios because we are tired of franchises, tired of sequels. Let's give something fresh and original. Well, even this weekend, before the movie, they have a trailer for a new movie coming out called Blue Beetle. It looks so boring. Does I'm like, it? I'm so done with superhero oh, movies. I'm so oh, done. God, I'm yes. done with, yes. like, I'm, enough of your, I don't care that you got bit by a thing and now you can shoot right. webs or you do this. Or you, oh, let me guess. There's a villain that has been wronged when he was a young boy. Yeah. And now he's, oh, wow, what do you know? How original. I, I'm so done with all that stuff. A villain in a situation that seems like there's no way they can beat them. Yeah. No way. And somehow... Oh my gosh, I wonder if there will be a big action sequence. Ugh, <laughs> just terrible. It's so funny you bring that up because I was like, you know, Voodoo, the the purchase site on, on streaming, mm -hmm. V-U-D-U it, it's called. I was looking at the top, I would say, 
20 movies. You can just scroll down through all the recent releases. I am not exaggerating saying at least 13 or 14, 14 of them were superhero movies. I mean, that's yeah. all they put out anymore is that stuff. I, I, it's, it's, and it's the same movie over and over and over again. Now, the special effects are great. Yeah. But the movie's terrible. Yeah. They have a new one coming out with Captain America, and I saw the poster, and I just went, no. No, yeah, you've gotten <laughs> Taylor Swift has taken 7% of my income. Marvel, you've gotten 10. I'm done. I'm not giving you guys any more money. We're done. I understand. <laughs> Are you a Swifty? I am a Swifty. That's the problem. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's taken so much of my money. Same. <sighs> Can't do it anymore. I love her, but no more. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, can't, I have nothing to say about Taylor Swift. I don't know anything about her at all. Uh, she's make, she's killing it on the uh, she is killing it, yep. tour. Did you hear? Yeah, she hasn't even made it to LA yet, so we right, haven't had the Swift Swifty right. mania yet. You guys uh, have history. six shows, right? Is that how many shows are going there? I yeah, heard, at SoFi Stadium. Ca- uh, Canada is like literally begging her to come to Canada. They're mm, like a lot of revenue. Yeah, they're like, we need the economical boost, please, Taylor Swift. We are begging you to like. What country begs an artist to come to their country? Like, that's wild. I, I There's a rumor that she's adding another leg onto her tour. So yeah. I have a feeling Canada, if it happens, Canada will be in the mix. Well, yeah, they talking about adding a whole, there's all these stadiums that she hasn't hit in the U.S. And so they're like, are we, a possible uh, extra U.S. leg? And again, me and my husband are like, we can't, please, leave us, stay away from Minnesota. Yeah. We can't <laughs> afford anymore. <laughs> now, I have heard from a number of people, because I used to be in the record business many years ago, so I know a lot of people. I, apparently, she's a very nice person, too. That's what I've heard. I've had quite a few friends who have danced on her tour. I have one friend mm-hmm. that's on, on the tour currently right now, Sydney Moss, and uh, they love working for her. Yeah. A real total pro. Yep. My friend choreographed this particular tour, Era's tour. It's done by Mandy Moore, the choreographer, Emmy Award winning choreographer, not the sure. <laughs> not uh, yeah. the actress. Not the but, actress. Um, yeah. But you know, that's the thing. Like she really is someone who embraces the entire aspect of the tour. It's not just like, that's oh, this I is hear. Taylor. And this is the dancers over here. Everyone's really a part of the team. I'm glad to hear that. That's how people should act when they're multi-billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the guy that she sued for groping her in a a photo. You guys remember that trial? Yeah. The radio DJ. That guy is from, that guy was here in Minneapolis when that all went down. And I never worked with him, but he was, uh, but a friend of mine used to work with him. And when this all came to light that it was him, he looked at me and was like, Oh, that's it's he's totally guilty of that. That is a guy that would definitely. And then you see the photo of it, yeah. And you're like, I can't believe that you would just publicly do that yeah. in a photo op, in a step and repeat with one of the biggest artists on the planet. You, I mean, he is lit, his hand is right underneath her butt and yeah. just grabbing it, and it's so. And keep, wow, what are the, what, I mean, the ball's on this guy. And keep in mind, like, this woman takes photos with strangers in about half seconds. This has never come up once. Yeah. And there's a constant meet and greets with her, especially even reputation you were able to do meet and greets. This has never happened once in her life where somebody had done that. Like, mm-hmm. and then this intentional grab, and then she sued him for $1. Yeah. Just because, you know, she was Because like, he's a disc jockey and has no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because her thing was like, I don't need the money. I, I need just need money. to teach you a lesson. Yeah, yeah. like so. Yeah, well, he can have the legal bills too. Sure. So yep. enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But listen, that that the kind of the point of Barbie. Like we deal with all of this stuff all of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like people do grab at your body parts sometimes. It's so frustrating. Well, that's men and women though. 
I think it happens to women more than men, well, but it I'm does happen to men. You. If you're a Chippendales dancer, you're getting groped all the time. Well, Chad Daniels, the, the comedian, he and I talked about that quite a bit. I, Chad gets his package grabbed all the time. Oh, I was that's a, awful. That was that's, a... Yeah, I was about to a bar, and there was a woman that walked by me one time, and I was looking at an ID, and she just got a handful, just out of nowhere. And I, I think it's terrible. I think it's horrible. I think it's absolutely garbage. I can't tell you one story because there's not one that sticks out in my mind more than – I mean, it doesn't happen to me often anymore, but, like, at bars, absolutely. That was a constant yeah. thing, getting groped, getting oh, touched, bet. getting yep. whatever. Like, and, <clears throat> Yep. Yeah, I just think, and I don't, I'm not dismissing that it happened to you once. That's no. terrible. But, like, the commonness of that, especially, yeah. like, in the military, too, with people I was deployed with and all this stuff, is just constant. Well, I it, think the casualness of it, that's mm-hmm. the thing that drives me crazy. And I will move hands. I'm like, mm-mm, nope, small of the back is, like, fine, but not, like, my side, not close to my butt, not close to my breast. Thank you. And we're, and the thing is, too, I mean... I don't. I wouldn't react now like that, but back in the day, you can't react because you're crazy. You're oh my god, calm down. Someone touched you, and I can't imagine teaching my daughter to laugh it off like I laughed it off. We all laughed it off. That guy just grabbed my, you know, wherever my, you know, this and that, like, and we would laugh it off because we had to. I can't imagine saying go go. The best way to deal with it is laugh it off, and that's. But that's what you had to do. If you were in a bar and you were to freak out, somebody grabbed your butt, you would be kicked out because you're like, you're being hysterical. Get out of here. Or you're, you know, it would just be so stupid. It looked at as dumb. I have a question. Can you guys picture my daughter being groped? I would. I would. I cannot. Well, I'm sure it's happened. You think so? A thousand percent. Ask her today. It's happened to every woman. Every well, woman. I mean, if you're a public figure, it's going to happen to you. But it's, I don't uh, think Men it's, and women. I don't think it's public figure. I think and it's just, I mean. I'm not saying in your case. I'm just saying if you're a public women in figure. in general. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're a public figure, men or women, they get groped a lot. They just do. They do because they, I think people think that they know you. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what it is. They're, right? they're like, that, they're so yeah. cute. This is my opportunity to meet them. That's a problem. I mean, and that's sexual assault. Men or women. Oh, no, no question about it. So I have a question for you. I don't understand the upside of groping anyone anyway. Who cares? I mean, the guy doing it or the woman doing it. Why would you do that? That makes no sense to me. Maybe you think that you're finally going to get your opportunity to sleep with them. I don't know. Oh, my God. That's a stretch. (laughs) I mean, they're so funny when they made, like, videos that are like that. Like, (laughs) somebody, like, hollering out at a girl and them stopping and being like, I think we have a lot in common. <laughs> we yeah, should pursue this. Yeah. Like, we should hook up. You like my shoes? So do I. It makes like, no sense to me why you would do that. I guess, are they drunk usually, do you think? Probably. I'm sure there's yeah. some alcohol involved some of the time. Yeah, yeah. probably. It's just stupid. Just stop. Leave people alone. Like I said, there's a halo. Stay outside the halo. That's all I'm saying. I hope it happens less, and I truly believe it happens less, but also I'm so far away from those situations more like it's rare i'm going to bars as much yeah, yeah. and then also on top of it i feel like covid really got people well, to just not yeah, touch yeah. humans Good like point. you don't know each other you, it's not worth possibly getting covid so mm-hmm. just don't but i just I, people's behavior i just i don't get it makes no sense to me and would i know the guy who groped uh taylor swift yeah, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I'd never heard of I didn't even know it was here. Yeah, I, I don't think that picture was taken here, but he worked here in Minneapolis. What station? 
Uh, I think he was over at iHeart. I'm not sure exactly oh, which God, stations no he was at. I iHeart loved that. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, it was Denver. It was Denver, yeah. But he was a guy that worked here. I get and, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. so he didn't work here when it happened. It didn't work here when oh, it happened. I the photo was in Denver. But he was a guy who worked here for a few years. And then a guy that I worked with knew him personally and worked side by oh. side with him for years and said, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely that guy. Like He, was t- he would tell stories. They would go to bars. And... People would walk up. He'd walk up to the bar and be like, "Hi, can I get a uh, can I get a Miller Lite? Because, you know, I'm so and so from you know insert radio station." <laughs> and they'd be like, "Okay, great. Uh, you want to start a tab? Like, we don't know who you are, you weirdo." Like he was one of those guys who just always used his celebrity to kind of you know project him a little bit further. See, I would have a great fear if I even thought of doing that. That this young lady might have a very large brother, and I might get my ass handed to me. So. I'm good. Well, that, like, that's what I brought up, because this guy's a kind of a big guy. Oh, he's is a, he's he? A, yeah, okay. and I brought it up to Officer Dave the other day. I was like, yeah, guys like Officer Dave can say stuff, whatever you want, because more than likely, yeah. you're not going to get your ass kicked. When I'm, I'm five foot six. If, if I tried to grab Taylor Swift's ass, she would put me in a pretzel. Like, <laughs> I, I'm a tiny man. Like, she would kill me. I also think we always have to be very thankful that that's not how we get our kicks. Like, yeah. Like, how, yeah. and again, like, I hate to say it in a weird way, but God, if that's like your big thrill is grabbing someone's yeah. butt, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? I know. I, I pay for it like a decent human being, you okay? sure do. Thank you. You, you sure know what's do. You, that just has occurred to me while you guys were talking. I have never just gone up and grabbed Catherine's butt, and we've been married for almost 40 years. Justin does it. I don't mind. I don't no, know. So like, that's okay now. Why is that okay? Because he's my husband. It doesn't right. matter. And like, I don't care. It's not like we're in the middle of a fight and he does it. It's yeah. usually like I'm doing dishes, dishes or I'm wearing something cute. I mean, we're or he's doing dishes. Or in he's, front of them. You're going to get a love tap. Yeah, like there's times he'll walk <laughs> really? by and grab my butt. Oh, yeah. But like it's we're in a good place at the time. Like obviously you can tell when there's like tension. And if he was to like go and yeah. hit me on the butt, I would probably full swing at him. But – I don't think I don't know. I mean, everyone's relationship's different. Like, no, I understand that. Yeah, it's just I I just never even thought of doing something like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I, whatever. It's part of our like routine for sure. Like, there, there you go. It's funny if I feel like I look really cute and he doesn't do it. I'm kind of like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I'll like stick out my butt at him a little. Like, Here's my butt. <laughs> Oh. Nice balance in your life. That's all I have to say. But I mean, anybody else. It's just funny how, like, I have that relationship with him. Nobody oh, yeah. else in the history of the world should be touching my butt. No, I understand. Like, makes sense. Yeah, it's, you're safe with me because I don't do that kind of crap. No, you don't. Of I just don't you do don't. that stuff because I never have. Of course you don't. And I, you, and Rude, I cannot imagine. I just appreciate it. I would literally <laughs> cry if one of you two did it. Like, I would literally cry because that's what's so funny is like the people in your life you just feel so safe with. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course not. That'd be wild. I don't understand the thinking of someone why you don't, why you think you have the right to go up and touch any, I don't care if you touched them on the shoulder. Yeah, I don't, don't touch people. I mean, what are you doing? It's so. Unless you know them, then you pat them on the back or whatever. That's good. It's so odd when you do have to have an interaction with somebody. I'm always very vocal about it. Like, hey, I'm scooting by you. I'm right behind you. Like, if you're like in tight area and they have like a drink in their hand, you don't want them to, like turn around. You're like, hey, no, I'm no, gr-. I understand. Or like, yeah. hey, uh, right. there's a sticker on you. Is it okay? I'm gonna remove <laughs> it. Like, it's so intentionally as it probably should be because you just don't know anyone's background or what they've dealt with. 
but it's always like, hey, you know, I'm coming by you. One second, I'm sneaking. Oh, okay. Have a good one. Like, they do that in workout classes now. Can I make an adjustment? Yeah. And they ask if they can touch you. They don't well, just like good. go and correct you. That's yeah. good. I love having I've never seen anyone say no, but I'm sure it does happen to some people. Get away from me. In my gym, too, you <laughs> there's some classes that have cards, and if you don't want to be touched, you just grab one of those cards and put it next to your yoga mat. Like, don't don't adjust me kind of thing, so... I do that I with my chiropractor. Adjustment. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I'll do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why my head's sideways all the time. No, I, I, I love just, the sound of cracking, though. So do I. Oh, because it feels, it feels good that when it's all over. Yeah. The, yeah, the relief of it. So yeah. I love cracking my back in the morning. It's just oh, like, God, yeah. Yes. Yep, I understand that completely. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app. And anytime, on demand, wherever you get your podcasts.